Welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode number 129, the return of the Rallycast. Yes, it's been a while since we've been on the air, but we're finally back, and I've got with me special guest Jeff Sandvoss from Canada, who's also going to be our new co-host. We chat about his background and a general cornucopia of topics for this episode, and considering most of North America is on fire, or kind of feels like it with temperatures, wipe off that sweat, grab a nicely chilled adult beverage, join us back at the virtual rally pub we call... Rallycast. Well, before we get into my chat with Jeff, I want to insert a couple of things. Uh, first, this was recorded back on July 20th, so it's a couple weeks old, and it took a little longer for this one to get out as anticipated. Story of my life lately. Uh, so the new information about uh, the car that passed the crash at NEFR and other safety-specific topics we'll uh, cover in the future. That did just come out this last week. I really wasn't sure what to specifically do for a return show. You know, I, I didn't have a special guest other than obviously having Jeff on with me. So we just kind of talked about a range of different topics, you know, a lot of it talking about the new rules and whatnot that came in for the new season of ARA, which is uh, something I kind of had some opinions on, but I know it's not easy. You'll hear me ramble on about that. So yeah, it is a little bit rambly, but uh, apologies for that. But we're kind of just getting back in the groove of things. Second, I wanted to apologize to Alex Ramos. You'll hear in the podcast that I forgot who it was. I was talking about how the restrictor sizes affected different engine displacements quite a bit. And uh, him and I had a talk last year about that. Him being an engineer knows much more detail about that than I do, but it does definitely make sense uh, when you're trying to shove stuff into bigger cylinder capacities versus smaller ones that does make a difference. So uh, sorry, Alex, we uh, need to get you back rallying again. Dude, that was an awesome season you had in uh, limited two-wheel drive, and we want to see you back again. And finally, um, we do talk briefly about the loss of Aaron Kelly, and I neglected to mention where to donate to help support. It's the raceaid.fund forward slash donate. That's raceaid.fund forward slash donate. Raceaid is a foundation for kind of all of USAC members, and they're... Uh, dedicated to the health and welfare of injured or needy racing competitors and their families. So that's where uh, donations are going to. Another way you can help and show your love and support, you can purchase uh, these awesome Aaron Kelly uh, number 909 stickers that are available at our friends at rally.build. If you go to the rally.build website and click on their vinyl offerings, you'll see the EK909 stickers available there and all proceeds go to the racing aid race aid fund be sure to pick up some stickers or donate directly support aaron support each other give each other some extra hugs yeah it's been a tough time it's been a really tough time uh, i also want to just thank everyone who's been asking about the rally cast and uh the fact whether or not it would come back uh, i've had a lot of direct messages and i'm sorry it's taken so long i really am but uh, my goal is to keep this get back in the groove of thing get this going again uh, with interviews with drivers co-drivers organizers and etc etc so without further ado here's the rest of the show welcome to the open paddock rally cast i am your host mike shaw and with me is jeff sandvoss from the great burning north um to help co-host this episode jeff welcome to open paddock rally cast man thanks for having me so, uh, how are things up there in the uh, Canada land? Pretty good. Less smoky this week. We just kind of got out of worst air quality that we've seen all year. 
last week, so the the fires are getting a little bit better. But oh, it's a it's a bad year. Yeah, it's been pretty brutal. We had uh, some pretty tough times last year, especially farther in southern Oregon, and the year before. It's just been it, it's just been so many issues with these wildfires. And hopefully, you guys get some wet stuff that'll help help with that sometime in the not too distant future. It's pretty rough up there. Well, Jeff, I invited you on because um, well, I feel like I know you pretty well already because we chat so much uh, just you know through social media and all that, but. Honestly, dude, this is like the first time we've directly talked with each other. Yeah, it's, it feels a little bit crazy. There's so many people, I mean, yourself included, that I've, I've spoken to over the last two years, two and a half years. I haven't actually verbally spoken with anyone. I just chat with everyone over Messenger and occasionally see a couple faces at some rallies. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved in rallying, why, why you wanted to come on the podcast and uh, chat rally stuff. Well. I've never been on a podcast before. It sounded pretty fun. I always wanted to feel like I was uh, Joe Rogan or something, but, uh, you know, <laughs> except without being Joe Rogan, of course, because no one wants to do that. No, I'm I'm pretty new to the, the rally community. I think a lot of people know who I am or at least have heard my name or seen it on some memes online, but pretty new to the whole sport. Kind of just got into it in 2019 when I went down to Big White with my fiance and spectated immediately fell in love thought it was the coolest thing ever and in late 2020 started talking with joel about buying a car and then finally actually came to fruition and uh i gotta say it was mostly mostly kj's fault for getting me into a actual race car i'm pretty sure he's the one who peer pressured me into it the entire way my fiance really wasn't for it. You know, KJ can be blamed for lots of things. So uh, we're all good yeah, for that. Yeah, and he convinced me to buy a Subaru <laughs> before we even knew that uh, there was a curse associated with KJ and Subarus. But I, I mean, mine survived. We've we've been through two events almost incident free. So we're gonna we're gonna say that my car is safe. I think uh, I paid someone to sage it, keep it free of the curse. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on and, and, and chatting about stuff. Um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, you're wondering why I've been gone so long for the Rallycast podcast. And honestly, I've really wanted to come back. I have. Um, I really enjoy chatting with guests like, like you, Jeff, um, and and all the other folks that I talk to from rallies. And it's just been a hard time. Obviously, we're in one of those moments again where, where it's a tough time in the sport. And, but it wasn't just that, um, I've had just a lot of just personal stuff. My job has been exponentially busier. I thought this whole like work from home thing was going to be like, oh yeah, I've got so much extra time because I don't have to have to do that, you know, half hour commute or whatever. Yeah, no, it just means that I end up working until like six thirty, and then you have dinner and you, you watch maybe a little bit of the news and then you're like crashing on the couch. I'm such an old man now, man. It, it, it's pretty pathetic, I must say. We're all getting a little bit older every year and a little bit slower and a little bit lazier, I think. Uh, well, I, that's the thing is I don't want to be lazy. I have, you know, I have all these ideas uh, of what I want to do. Um, there's actually a series that I want to uh, maybe uh, try and put together of stuff um, kind of focusing on getting into stage rally. You know, what are the stepping stones? What are the different ways that can people get, get into it and get uh, voices of people that have actually done it? There's a few ideas I have going around in my head, um, but it's now it's time to take action. You know, I've I've just yeah been too busy for too long, and I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of healthy for me to spend the time doing this stuff, 
and, you know, to force me to step away, maybe <laughs> cut off work at a certain time, <laughs> knowing when to leave things undone, I think they say, you know, get back into being involved with the community. You know, I did get to, of course, you know, be involved with my local rally, the Oregon Trail Rally. I went up to Olympus, got to see folks up there and do kind of a little bit of media stuff there too. Um, just kind of just seeing friends and, and going around to stages. And let me tell you, it felt good. It felt really good kind of being back around people. But we've been through a painful time. First, there was Al. Um, me personally, with the Oregon Trail Rally, um, lost um, a good friend, one of our, one of the founders of the Oregon Trail Rally uh, organization. His name's uh, Mike Nagel. Uh, some of you may remember that there's a new stage that we had um, at Oregon Trail Rally called Mike Nagel's Revenge, and that was because it was a road that he had tried to get for years and years, um, had to convince, you know, landowners and things like that. And he just couldn't quite break through. People were just still too skeptical about the sport and whatnot. And we got that stage this year, at least a good portion of it. We want to go longer with it, but there's a, a lady down the road, literally that said that, uh, if you go down my, down the street, I will lay in the middle of the road with like, um, a, a board with spikes on it or something. It was just like, okay, you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> taking not in my backyard to uh the extremes here i mean i mean they're not threatening to like wave around any guns um yeah i, I was expecting it to go that direction when you talk about <laughs> rally in america you know yeah, it is it is america that's right freedom man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but yeah anyways we got that road and so you know what i mean after him was a was a big deal for us and um, so it had some uplifting things, um, but yeah, just busy, busy preparing for Oregon Trail and all that stuff. And, I, and like I said, all these times that I wanted to get one of these podcasts done, just there seemed like there was something else that I had to do, and it's, it's just been challenging. And so I apologize to all of you that are avid listeners, and I hope you went back and listened to some of the catalog of this is episode 129, by the way, 129 episodes, and that's just when I started recording numbers. If you go back, like I said, I've been doing this 10 years. 2013 was the first time I was on the Open Paddock Rally or podcast then. Uh, we covered other motorsports, but it's, it's been long. And uh, so a little bit of burnout, too. But again, happy to be back in it and happy to have you on, Jeff. Which leads me to, yes, uh, bringing up one other reason why I wanted you on is you are the person that helps bring laughter and light <laughs> levity into the stresses of the rally, the sport of rally, and dude, some of your memes, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've been I've been bad recently. Um, I, I think I've been curating more memes than I have been been making some some new ones. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I'll use the same excuse and I'll say life's busy, work's busy. Yeah, I feel like that's why most people know me. They don't know me because they've seen my racing. I'm not very good, but uh, they see my memes because I think that those are decent. I think that was a little bit after. After Big White in 2021, I had to get some surgery done on my foot, and I could not do anything. It's the dead of winter in northern BC, and I am wearing Birkenstocks every day because I can't wear socks. And I was just kind of sad. I couldn't go out and do anything, so uh, I think like anyone else, use humor to uh, to get through those kinds of things. And I literally just started making jokes within the community. I think I had known a little bit about the uh the meme page and uh started getting pretty kind of frequent on my posts i think almost one a day for a little bit maybe even more i think i tallied up in in 2022 alone i'm pretty sure i posted 
over a meme a day average. It was something like <laughs> like 350 or 400 memes that I had. And I have like, it is a folder on my phone of all, like the ones that were posted, tons of unposted ones because they were too stupid. So yeah, you're welcome for keeping those off the internet. <laughs> and for those of you not aware, there is a special, uh, was it two-wheel drive Max Attacks Teens whatever uh, meme group and it is for those people that are not offended because um, it, 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 these memes are sometimes brutal, but they're meant to be funny. Do not take them ever personally. If you're welcomed into that group, you get to see some pretty enjoyable humor of ridiculousness. We thank you, Jeff, for helping provide us with that. Well, I also <laughs> wanted to hear to also just kind of give uh, maybe a Canadian perspective of some of the things that we do here stateside. Actually, well, you said you've been down to Olympus, right? No, I haven't. haven't I yet? really oh, okay. need to. I I really want to go there so badly. I don't know if I'm going to go there to race or if I'm just going to go there to spectate. I might even just have to go there next year. It looks so amazing. And nothing against Oregon. We have better scenic views in Oregon, but we don't have as twisty a roads because we're not in the forest like that. So Yeah, and, and honestly, I just want to crash at KJ's parents' house again. <laughs> his dad let me sleep on his couch once, and like, yeah, yeah I am... Yeah, it wasn't the best sleep ever, but like free lodging in right near the uh, near the event. I'll take it. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely yeah. a plus for sure. Shout out to Kyle Senior for that coffee that he brought me once. <laughs> free coffee in the morning. Woke up on his couch and he had a coffee for him. It was amazing. Wow, that, that, that <laughs> yeah, that service. I'm liking this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, we're all we're all about that Kyle Junior, but you know we're sleeping on Kyle Senior. That's a that's a pretty good great guy too. <laughs> Well, some of the uh, subjects, it's just kind of random things that uh, I wanted to talk about for this episode, uh, just kind of some of the stuff that's going on this year. You know, to start off with, what is ARA's new rules that went into effect for this year? And uh, one of those big focus of that was trying to create some equality between the different classes. Of course, the open class, they're really trying to get those Rally 2 cars to be, you know, the same pace as the uh, top-level Subarus. They got rid of into the aero stuff and uh, some other restrictions. But the one-factory team, <laughs> good luck, right? Uh, we all kind of wondered, you know, how much we could, they could slow them down. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, that was, uh, you were showing me the, uh, the Excel spreadsheet that you had from... Southern Ohio. Uh, Southern Ohio, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and just, I mean, I remember watching Sneak Attack that day. And just watching, like, refreshing it every once in a while. That seems to be the best way to, to spectate ARA these days, too, is just literally have a tab open on your phone and just hit refresh. Mm -hmm. And uh, just watch the times tick away. And, yeah, you're kind of just watching how quick is Seminuk and how's the battle in everyone else. They're kind of two separate races going on at that point. Yeah. Right out of the gate, too. Well, and we actually should say congratulations because he's the champion now. If I remember correctly, he only needed one point going into New England and starting the event, you get one point. So ding. <laughs> yeah. It seems a bit less of a, a tight battle as compared to last year. I want to say, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's still, still great. still great to see that car out on the stage. I know that's everyone the goes thing. out. You know, it's one of those things where you want the spectacle, right? You still want it to look cool and whatnot. Um, you know, they did try, uh, down in Australia, I remember. And in, um, and in the UK, they went to like a front wheel drive as the primary championship. And it, it just didn't have the excitement that uh, I think that they were hoping would still be there because they're trying to be affordable. 
and trying to equality, you know, create more equality. And uh, then, of course, the price of the R5 Rally 2 thing started coming down, and then you know that ended up taking over and and being much better for the championship. But but yeah, we want to see that spectacle. We want to see some monsters out there. <laughs> Travis though told me it's hilarious. Of course, Travis, right? Travis Pastrana. He's like, open it up completely. You know, let it, somebody come in with a V10 with two turbos on it. You know, let us do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> Insurance company wouldn't like that, Travis. But, you know, he likes the idea of just having, you know, something exciting to try and bring people out there. Because he really wants people, you know, to be drawn, obviously, out to see our sport. And, you know, what we got to see last year was uh, definitely something special. You know, when you had... Was it at 100 Acre Wood? You had McKenna and you had, you know, Ken Block out there and you had the Subarus out there. It was, you know, ding dong battles out there. And, you know, everybody would love to see that, but it's also unsustainable. So, yeah, well, anyways, trying to equate things. The spreadsheet well, I created just to kind of, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, you say that, and uh, I, I feel like we can't just gloss over the fact of jump down the speed factor list a little bit uh, if you want to. Maybe, maybe not on Olympus, but on Oregon Trail. And there was a bit of a bring-what-you-want car that showed up that was supposed to have no restrictions on it as of last year's rules. Yeah, we, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we shouldn't shouldn't leave Sam Elbert out of this one because that was a... I, I feel like that brought a lot of attention to the sport. It's just a, a unique build that showed up. I think that there was a lot of people that were excited to see that. I certainly saw plenty of non-rally friends. Maybe, maybe they're a little bit of a Subaru lover, but sharing articles or clips online of of that car Mm -hmm. people that i don't even know if they know what any of the north american events look like but that was that was a pretty unique car pretty unique build and then they rolled out this year with i think sam said like two weeks before olympus the the event or three weeks he had a, a letter in the mail that said hey here's what you need to change on your car before you show up yeah you know, and the thing is, he tried. He he reached out to them and just got no answer. Because to be fair to ARA as an organization, Jeff, I know that you're big into <laughs> following uh, sports car racing and where they have you know balance of performance stuff. And you have to understand that when you're talking about like uh, you know uh, IMSA or WEC or something like that, they have all this data. That obviously lots of money in these sports, and so they can figure out ways of balancing things. Per, you know, based on these different types of cars to try and make them, you know, similar in speed. And they got, you know, aero and tires and weight and all these different things that they can work with. There really isn't that much in rallying, right? You, you, you really have, yeah, you have power, you do have weight, and what else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that, I guess... That's it, right? I guess that, yeah, that's the talk with all the restrictors and everything. Exactly. So it's it's very difficult to try and estimate. I think what um, and and I like I said I get it. There's there's um, an insurance factor, you know, risk that they're worried about there. I, I I get the idea behind it. Implementation of a rule without you know proof to back it up is kind of a little bit harder. But uh, but yeah, last minute they said that yeah oh you need to change was it they I think they limited to seventy five percent throttle. On the car? It, it was throttle, RPMs, and then I don't know if there was a restrictor. I feel like I'd have to ask them on that one. Yeah. I know there was definitely, yeah, there was a there was a throttle limit and it was a rev limit yeah. that he had. And, and what's, what, 
what sucks about that, and of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, look up Sam Albert Rally if you haven't, because if you're listening to this, you probably have heard it, and you better well know about it, but whatever. It's the Ferrari engine in the Subaru, and, and it's it's fantastic. It sounds awesome. And, and even from the get-go, he thought, he's like, well, I'm really going to worry about, you know, Olympus. It's it's kind of debut. We had a little bit of a test, but we're going to, you know, be careful with it because, uh you know, we're not sure what it's uh, going to do reliability-wise. Then they throw this at him, and it's like, oh wait, now we have we haven't had a chance to retune the whole car for this new restriction, and that's expensive and time-consuming to do all of that programming. You know, when you're using when you're doing this kind of a thing, so frustrating that they did it so last minute. I agree, and obviously there was it was a rather dramatic. Uh, Start at Olympus, but uh, at Oregon, you know, they were able to run most of the rally, and uh, they did get you know some retunes figured out for that, and more adjustments because they didn't like how he was because he's having to do rear cooling on the thing, which takes me back to the turbocharged BRZ that was used by Nameless Performance. We we had uh, was it Chris Duplessis driving that one with Alex Kiriani, who's been doing the stuff over in the uh, WRC, if you remember. So those two were in the the beast of a BRZ back then where it had these ears that brought in the cooling air, you know, to this rear Baja-style cooler and all that stuff. And anyways, that's essentially the concept of type of cooling that uh, they're having to do in that Subaru because there's just not enough front uh, room in the front uh, for, you know, the big radiators and stuff. So, Are you are you sure he was able to keep all of that? I, I feel like that might have been one of the other restrictions that they, they threw on him that they didn't like the cooling location. Well, so he had to change things. So the way he had it, he had some, uh, basically a hole through the trunk lid that allowed some of that airflow to kind of go out through the trunk. And they decided that that was like an aero device. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. And so they, they, they said that has. He's trying to build a, a fan car. He's just got the fans pointed and it's uh, sucking him down to the Dying. road. Or it's going to spit gravel out the back. <laughs> I don't think it was that kind of engineering. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, they, he did come up with a different solution for how to, you know, vent out the the cool the air and all that stuff for the rear cooling system. And so, yeah, has a trunk again. What well, looks like a trunk. Lots of challenges. But you know, again, he was uh, right up there in in the top few in the regional and uh, fat, uh, really uh, fighting it out with uh, Stephen Red. One of the other regional guys, and yeah, it was great to see kind of this uh, this battle kind of going back and forth between those local guys that are both really quick, and uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was good to see for as long as it lasted. <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, you know, it was it a suspension component or something. I'm trying to remember what it was, but either way, didn't make it to the end. But I love seeing that car out there, and uh, I, I I love that they're he's still working on it. You know, it's not something that's like, well, I tried it and. It wasn't perfect, so I'm out of it. No, it, he's, he's still tinkering away, and uh, we'll see him at uh, upcoming uh, regional events, I'm sure, as uh, they work on that car. Lots of people wanting him out there, though. I uh, would love to see him to do a whole championship run again, um, like uh, he and uh, was it Michelle Miller did way back, uh, way back, you know, like 2018, 2019. Uh, I think it was 2018 season where they did it with Dirtfish. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, great car project. Uh, but kind of rewinding back, though, we were talking about the uh, different speeds and, and the cars yeah. and the spreadsheet that uh, I was, we were referring to is I decided, like, you know what, let's see approximately, you know, w- how much faster is uh, Seminook versus the rest of the competition um, that's in that kind of open class, 
were focusing more on the Rally 2 cars that's supposed to be closer to. And granted, Brandon Semenuk is freaking badass quick. So, I mean, you do have to factor that in. But Tom Williams is not slow. Patrick Gruszka, uh, he's still learning things, but he keeps getting progressively faster. Um, so they're both in modern machinery that can go very fast. We've also got Debasu, McCormack's out there, and uh, I even put like uh, Pat Morrow and uh, Dave Wallingford kind of in this list. And I was focusing on Southern Ohio because that's supposed to be the twisty stages where like, you know, this is where we should see more things equate. Yes, the bigger chassis of the Subaru is going to be faster probably on the wide open stage like Oregon Trail. Uh, but like Olympus and Southern Ohio, that's really where things should kind of really equate. That was their uh, target. Well, looking at the stages at, uh, and let's look at the longer ones. Um, you know, the short, you know, obviously the octangle uh, street stage. I mean, I mean, there's there's a time difference per mile there that I feel like kind of carries over, but it does. It does actually. It do, it, it does hold true. But I mean, I'm not going to put a one mile. But stage. it's easy to not not notice so much. Yeah. But you look at uh, <laughs> what saddle ups, eight point three two miles. 3.6 seconds per mile faster. Okay. Then Tom Williams, he was the second fastest. So yeah. that's why I'm using him and, as the example. I mean, here. that's that's exactly 30 seconds over over that stage. Right? Yeah, that's that it was 30 seconds overall for that stage. Uh Disco Inferno 50 cent remix, that's a 6.92 mile stage, 2.2 seconds per mile. Again, another 15 seconds. So in two stages, that's 45 seconds gained. And then you go to the, uh, here's, the here's the longer one, the Top Gun North Short. And that is a 13.35-mile stage, 1.9 seconds per mile difference. And that one, if I remember right, had a lot of twisty turnies in it. That was another 25.8 seconds gained. And like I said, okay, Brandon Semenuk might be, uh, you know, maybe slightly above Tom Williams, but I don't think he's two seconds per mile above Tom Williams. I think a lot of that's uh, really kind of the vehicle. Um, obviously, then you've got a good crew that's uh, setting up the vehicle, too. But it just shows that we're we're not there yet. But with the tools that ARA has, how do you get these things to equate a little better? I, it's so it's so tough to try to figure out what these guys need to do to to get that closer. Like, I mean, there's a similar gap. If you're if you're looking at a lot of these stages, you might see, you know, from Semenuk to Williams, Williams to Gruska, if you're going like one, two, three. But if you look across most of the RC2 pack, like it's it's a good like five to six seconds per mile back on Semenuk. Like that's that's hard. Obviously, it's like you said. You know, they have they have a whole team, and a lot of the the other entries there that we're talking about don't have that same kind of team support. If you've got all that extra effort going in towards the setup, going to building a completely unique car, it's tough to figure out how you're going to balance that out. Like, how do you penalize a team? Do you give them less time to to set it up less practice miles like that doesn't seem fair to the team exactly and the rules are supposed to be more universal when it comes to rallying right it's not it's not that balance of performance style it's not where you're literally penalizing you know manufacturer by manufacturer basis right yeah to, and, to try and get things equal and and it's it's so much of like like all this stuff is very as much as there can be some big factory teams there's a lot of entries in there that want to try to push their way up and rally something where you might be chasing the championship. You might just be chasing a good time at, at going out to one of these events. And yeah. you don't want to see that uh, just because you're chasing a championship that you're going to see different different rules. Like, 
I don't know. You could try to try to figure out some way of doing something with like a success ballast, but I don't know how much of a difference that's actually going to make or slowing down the cars through the season. I'm just thinking about, I don't know if you've watched Super GT at all out of Japan, but Mm-mm. they've got, I think that they're the only ones that do it very unique to everyone else. As you go through the season, you get success ballast added to your car. So as you're you're going out each each event, if you win more and more, you start getting a heavier and heavier car. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you go towards the end of the season, and and like you can be fighting for points towards like you could be leading the championship, but you're struggling to claim some points from tenth place because your car is just carrying that much extra weight. Yeah. And then I, I love it because they go out to like the final event, and then they just clear everyone's slate. So you're all like. You know, it's it's the final shootout. It makes for a really cool championship, but it's tough to say how many of these people are going for a championship versus individual events. So it's hard to say that you could do something like that. I mean, it would be really cool. It would be neat to see that uh, that championship fight, but not everyone's going to every single event. Yep. And then you're trying to figure out a fair way to put that on everyone. You know, Seminuk's going to be like a minute ahead on every stage at the first event, but by the last one, he's, uh, he's mid-pack with, with the Rally 3 cars. I don't know. That would be a little bit strange to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious, though, uh, when we're going to see the new WRX chassis that they're working on and how that will fare. Obviously, Vermont Sports Car knows how to build a good race car, so I'm sure it'll perform well. Um, I tried to, uh, with the live stream I was doing for Oregon Trail, you know, I got a chance to chat with Brandon for just a little bit there and uh, did get him to talk a little bit about testing and getting ready for that car and one thing that he did actually touch on that I thought was really actually kind of cool was saying that he has a very different driving style from what the Subaru that th- that they currently drive that's what derived from 2015, 2014, whenever that chassis was. You know, it's it's all basically been started there, but it's basically designed around David Higgins. It, it's just very it, trying to adapt the car to him to Brandon Semenuk has been very difficult you know to, you know he's eventually gotten there obviously it's super quick as we were talking about but in the case of this new car he's like the whole design is around his driving style and that's something that'll be interesting to see yeah how that how that plays out but he said it's just been really enjoyable being able to give all that technical feedback and and have it literally kind of, kind of built around him which is kind of neat so yeah well i think last year when obviously there was the two Subarus running I don't know if it went much beyond it, but I think that they ran both both different wings uh, between Pastrana and Semenuk. I believe that Semenuk was running that a much more aggressive wing. Um, I think I was talking to someone about where that wing actually came from, that it was like some spare part that they found from somewhere. I, it was a weird story of where that wing came from. Probably when they were doing the Rallycross. Maybe. It might be from the Rallycross stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was just kind of like a spare parts bin wing sort of and i mean i think ara did a really good job last year with their with a lot of the media that they were posting on instagram they had the the stacked side by sides of block seminuk and pastrana going through the same corner and you could definitely see that they were like between seminuk and pastrana that they were drive their driving styles were definitely different Mm -hmm. and and maybe that was something where pastrana was just quite comfortable in it Seemed like Brandon liked a little bit more grip on the back end and didn't swing it around quite as much as, as Pastrana did, but obviously that worked well for him for the for the season. It'll be interesting to see how that carries over into this year, though. I don't know if the, the car will be really into Semenuk style, if Semenuk's going to find some middle ground, maybe, mm-hmm. or have a little bit more fun kicking the back end 
end out a little bit more. I know the spectators love that, watching those cars come by. So The, the sideways looks cool. It's just, you know, as we've learned since, uh, you know, the days of, like, Sebastian Loeb and the WRC, it's, like, it's just not as fast, right? His clean driving style, yeah, just <laughs> right away you realize, oh, yeah, sideways isn't quick. He's the one that looks boring, which means he's fast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, we say that, and I feel like um, something that didn't come up in, in much conversation after the event was 100 Acre Woods with uh, Samsonis. I'm, I think I'm saying his his last name right, but watching the uh, that M3, oh yeah, keep up with a lot of those front runners. I mean, I, rear wheel drive. I guess give it some credit. That thing can go sideways through corners, but that was that was a sight. That was amazing to see. That that was beastly. I want to see that back out and uh and and that, that guy back over back over here oh crazy quick was it the other change they did is putting that 33 mil restrictor on the limited four-wheel drive class trying to equate the rally three cars which um are the ones that are the basically the narrow narrower body fiestas uh, that are four-wheel drive basically an r2 with four-wheel drive they run on a one liter three cylinder turbo, right? Oh man, right? You're gonna ask me for technical knowledge. Yeah, I don't but, know. You know, <laughs> again, factory built by M Sport. These things, so they're still not slow. I mean, that may sound like uh, not a lot, but I mean, if you look under the hood of these things, I mean, they're proper built race cars. So, kind of that part doesn't matter. Or it might be that they're one liter four cylinder, but still one and a half liter three cylinder. One and a half liter three cylinder. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Gotta love Google. I didn't know that. There you go. But obviously, plenty of torque and power with these things, and they can be wicked quick in the right hands. And uh, was it Javier Oliveras uh, ended up winning that class out here at Oregon Trail? But the thing that was interesting about that rule is how it, it seems like it's kind of gone a little too far. The guy's running a 2.5 liter motor with a 23 mil restrictor. The thing is that as your displacement is larger, the restrictors have a bigger effect, right? And so the small restrictor size of whatever just comes already with the uh, with the little you know rally threes already kind of tuned for that, and they have such small smaller displacement that as as you choke it down, I mean they've only got so much volume that can go inside the space anyways. Whereas the typical limited four wheel drives, they're using the factory two point five liter Subaru engine. Well, that's a lot bigger displacement to try and get twenty three mil restricted air into, and so they get really starved. And part of that now is also, you know, they've been talking about how uh, folks going through, uh, were they burning out turbos or burning the motor? The challenge there that they're reviewing, uh, thankfully, I like that ARA is, you know, open to reviewing things. But, you know, obviously we don't want people to have to spend uh, extra money to just stay in a class when it comes to, you know, burning out motors. That would be pretty bad, so... Yeah, yeah, I feel like we need to just have some like annual flash sales on restrictors for whatever the new new restrictor size is for some of these classes every year. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean up here like like I don't have to worry about that. I I mean, personally, I'm naturally aspirated, but I don't think that there's been too much change within the classes in in Canada. Like I don't think the restrictors change too dramatically every year. I don't even know how long the current restrictor rules have been in place for. But didn't they switch to a boost pop-up valve system? Oh man, really like, technical knowledge. I look at the um, the updates that they give me, and if it doesn't re- relate to my class, I normally just don't even look at it. But our classes are split very differently up here too, right? right? So we have the set of restrictions that goes on open for 
and production for. So it's really just two classes of four-wheel drive, two classes of two-wheel drive. And I know that the, um, the restrictors apply to the turbo cars. I believe that they apply across the board to open four. I'm going to get called out for not knowing rules in the series that I run, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Treading carefully, I'm, I'm like in my mind thinking of all the names of people that are gonna like maybe listen to this and go, Jeff, why don't you know this? I'll, it gives you some homework for next time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know what? Like, I I blame Gabe because that man keeps me more up to date with uh, the current changes. I mean, he's he's part of the the meme group as well. Yep. And uh, I know with him working with Rally Build is that uh, I think that they did a sale on on restrictors this year. I don't think I'm yeah, wrong. What doesn't on that help one, with is it? the retune of the car. Um, yeah, restrictors yeah, are that's, fairly cheap by comparison. Yeah, I mean it, it takes some of the pain out, but it's that's so much work to to have to almost expect. It'd be nice to see if if you can try to keep it more consistent year over year. Look at another method. Try to balance a field bound. I don't know if there's there's a good solution to it, right? Yeah. We're talking about that, and, and you can speculate all you want about a good solution for it, but I'm sure that the much more educated and informed people at ARA have looked into that before, and they probably just went, yeah, restrictors. <laughs> That's our best shot. Again, it's one of the few tools they got, right? It's it's really, you got power and weight. You know, you got too much weight, and, and, and weight doesn't stop top speed. Of course, neither does, I guess, power, if you got a long enough straight. Um, it's just really acceleration that you're hitting there, right? So, But then you have, you know, cascading problems. You add, you add more weight, and then you end up having brake issues instead of, you know, engine power issues, right? So it, it's not an easy thing. It really isn't. I, I, I do understand them wanting to put the Rally 3 machinery in the Limited 4 category instead of an open class overall, because that seems a little extreme. And we don't quite have enough of those cars here to warrant a full Rally 3 championship. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the best solution is, to be honest. So Yeah, I mean, I mean like like you said, yeah, Oliveris at Oregon was, like, I mean, that was that was amazing. Like, he was keeping up with some other cars up towards the front of the field. But, I mean, there was a two-wheel drive right behind them before we get to the rest of the L4 pack. So, like, it's hard to say that it's about the the drive layout or that it's about the specific build of the car either i think i think like it's with rally that's the great thing about it is that it's not about how how fast your car is necessarily it's really really driver dependent i know we're just literally saying that about seminuck and williams but uh, yeah, exactly there there is quite an equalizer and that is just the loose surfaces that's very true very true and heck add a little rain and everything gets more interesting so there you go. And that's as I always say about all forms of racing, you know? You want to make it more exciting? Just add water. Just going to go out there with watering cans next time. Yeah, right. Start <laughs> adding sprinklers to the uh, courses. <laughs> but, you know, aside from that, yeah, so, so you know, obviously learning pains for, for all this stuff. And ARA, though, like I said, they, they've been making some good decisions as well. You know, I don't want to be ranting on them too much. One thing you may have noticed if you've been to an ARA event this year is they've got the new podium trailer. And I want to give them mad props for this because it seems like such a little thing. But let me tell you, the pain in the ass that was like erecting this this thing that would that would hold the backdrop for ARA, it was just it was just massive and a pain in the ass to be honest. And it had these little steps for the podium and stuff like that. And you had to take this all out of the separate little toad trailer. And you know they they didn't have much for sound. All that. Now you go to an event. 
And this trailer just built kind of right out, out of the back of the trailer. They've got a podium built into it. They've got speakers all hooked up. They've got, you know, you hear music now when you're at Park Expose coming from the thing. They were doing some interviews at Oregon Trail before the event started. You know, the podiums obviously are done from there as well. It's it's just one of those things that's like, wow, why haven't we had this before? Obviously, funding. <laughs> that's a big part of it. But that kind of little thing of just adding that podium trailer, thanks Green Apu, uh, Green APU, uh, I think are, are one of the big folks that were behind that. And it, 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 like I said, it seems like a small thing, but just really adds to the atmosphere a ton. I mean, like, like you said, the, the podium, the, the park expose, I mean, that's, that's what a lot of us regular people see when we're just attending an event. We don't necessarily see every single thing that goes on. Um, if you're standing at the side of a stage, you don't really know that, uh, you know, car one versus car two's that there's a time discrepancy there. But when you see the spectacle of the podium, the park expose, it's always, always changes the atmosphere so much. Cool to see. I've really seen that in photos. Again, haven't been down to an ARA event. I feel bad. I know that they, yeah, been seeing a lot of friends getting some epic photos on that too. So yeah, it's nice change to see. The nice upgrade. Yeah. Other stuff on the positive side, just uh, the things I want to kind of touch on was, you talk about performance, Leah Block. One thing that I noticed was I was up at Olympus and I was on the Wildcat stage. And there's a great spot for my buddies, uh, Tedrick and Matt and whatnot. They're out there with cameras and I went along with them. And there was a series of S's as they kind of, as they came around past us. And you could actually see through the uh, windscreen. And, and, and please, can every competitor wear like light colored gloves, uh, white, uh, neon green, something so I can watch their hand movements? Through the windscreen? That's really nice. <laughs> but what was amazing is seeing her in that beast of a car, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the turbo uh, BRZ that she's in. The thing does have power, but she didn't look fast, but she was, you know? It, the hand movements were so smooth and steady. Everybody else in a rear-wheel drive car that went through there, they're sawing at the wheel through that section. Her, barely little gentle arm movements. That's, that's all you could see. And it was like, yeah, that's that's somebody that's predicting what this car is going to do. She's got it set up right for her. And no wonder she's so freaking quick, you know, a little bit of bravery, too. Yeah. I mean, speak about people that have been putting a great name to the sport this year. I like Leah has been amazing. It's been so cool. Again, like, I mean, I spectate rallies by having sneak attack in my on my phone already loaded up onto a page and i just sit there and i hit refresh every hour or so but you don't need to anymore you know that it auto refreshes right Some, uh, i'm just yeah, saying yeah, but you know sometimes you load it like you pull it out of your phone you go to the page and it, you have to hit the refresh button Fair. don't get too it guy on me here <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know watching you know so many of these names within the field and it's great watching everyone move around the order but you know, you're consistently seeing this one two-wheel drive car, I mean, some other fantastic two-wheel drive cars in the ARA as well. But uh, but watching Leah seems so comfortable in that car, and it didn't seem like it took her long to get up to speed. It's oh, it's it's amazing. You know, I was watching watching Oregon Trail, and that was that was a really good event for Leah. And I'm watching KJ's time. Because obviously I'm I'm rooting for KJ. Otherwise, you know, maybe he doesn't come up to Canada anymore. <laughs> and I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm watching him move up the order, and I'm looking right behind him on the order, and I see that Leah's 
not that far back and I'm having a tough time because I'm conflicted. I'm rooting for KJ and I'm like, uh, but it would be so cool to see Leah on the podium overall. But KJ, duh, I don't know who I want to win. <laughs> 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 it's it's really tough, but no, it's it's that's so good. Honestly, every event that she's been to um, and, and not many issues. I don't want to say a knock on wood desk here. I don't think she's had any big incidents this year, too. It's just comfortable. Yeah, um, I remember she was having a, uh, actually at Oregon Trail, she did end up having a, a minor problem with the car. You know, it's uh, uh, it's, it's Derek Nelson's build, build. You know, that thing obviously super reliable for the most part, but I think it was having, I don't know if it was overheating a bit or something, on because it was really hot on the uh, Saturday. Uh, so, I, so I think they're having a little bit of issues with temperature with the car, and it was, you know, down on power a little bit, but boy, the thing is, is she just like like you're saying, you're watching that time and it's like, oh, wow, there's another stage win. Oh, crap, there's another. And she just keeps creeping up. Like, she wasn't from the get-go, right, the fastest in class. But, boy, she just kept going and going, just kept going, focusing on her pace and what was comfortable for her. I'm not sure if she was even looking at the times around her. And next thing you know, she's she's leading the field. So, yeah, that's that's very impressive. And to think she's only 16 years old with that ability. And obviously growing up, obviously around cars and all that stuff with Ken and, and uh, her mom, who's, um, you know, an amazing talent as well. And I, I, I love that after the tragedy that happened with them, that they're doing this whole tramp championship. I, I can't imagine how hard that is. But at the same time, seeing what Leah's doing being so uplifting, right? The, the, the conflict of, of emotions <laughs> has got to be just, and, and I, I mean, I, I know I feel it, you know, when I'm out there. I see her and she went, she won uh, Olympus, right? Won her class, her first time winning a class. And I was emotional for her. She was like, yeah, that was great. That was great. You know, that was a great rally. Like that, that's it. I mean, I'm like, I'm almost in tears for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing livery on the car that they did this year too. I mean, watching that car drive around, I feel like I just like everyone else growing up in North America and loving rally. You remember the the design that Ken Block had on the car, not not the BRZ, right? Of course, but uh, you know that he had on his his Impreza uh, back in the day. And seeing it on that car, seeing the block name on the side, you, know, you see, you don't want to say a legend in the making because I feel like she's already a legend this year. Like it's it's amazing to just show up in a, in a new car in a class that she hasn't been driving before in a rear wheel drive, two wheel drive, and do as well as she is. Like it's yeah, I I, I could talk about it for too long. I feel. <laughs> well, I I I think we'll uh, be hearing more about her as time goes on. I hope she sticks with rallying. Um, you know, she does, she's been doing stuff with go-karts and, oh my gosh, this whole year. I mean, she did, she did some stuff with the Nitro Rally Cross. Uh, she did stuff with, um, was it that um, Extreme E, um, where she was out in, I can't remember which country it was in, but doing those electric off-road things. She was, I mean, she's got so much opportunity in front of her, and she's trying a little bit of everything, and, and who knows, maybe she goes Formula One. I don't know. The, the, the kid has talent, and I'm excited for wherever she goes. I hope she continues the passion of stage rally, though, like her dad did, and, and, and stays involved with it, uh, no matter which direction she goes, because I think she's um, a, a good person to have 
you know, in our sport and, you know, shines a good light on it. And along with that, another reason why I brought up the blocks is because of, you know, uh, not dwelling on, on Ken's tragedy so much as the 43 Institute that they came up with and the award that they're now doing, not to the fastest team or anything of that sort, is the Ken Block Flat Out for, uh, Forever Award. This is probably one of the coolest things I've seen in rallying in a long, long time. I remember when there was the Max Attack series of two-wheel drive, um, which I think a little bit where the meme page came from. They used to have uh, basically where you could win a purse, um, I think, with that championship. It was kind of a little sub-two-wheel drive championship thing, and I haven't seen anybody win money <laughs> in any form in rallying in a long time, other than you know stuff that was done kind of among a group of people that kind of pooled some funds together or something like that. But this flat out forever thing, the way they put it, it's for, uh, you know, uh, a driver and co-driver that displays Ken's just ain't care attitude, press on regardless mindset and flat out commitment during the event. The first time I saw this award presented was to young Henry Tabor um, and Oliver Smith up at Olympus. And they had no idea, you know, that it was coming. And, you know, young guys, uh, Henry Tabor, 17 years old, um, Oliver I think he's twenty-ish, <laughs> um, early twenties. I mean, you know, something. He, he, he's still really young as well. Um, two amazing talents. Uh, Oliver, I think later after that event, ended up going to Baja and doing co-driving there and other stuff. I mean, going all basically doing a KJ, uh, <laughs> just ended up everywhere, which is awesome. You know, these young talents that we've got. And but when they won that, I mean. $1,430 each for the driver and co-driver. And when you're young talent like that, that means so much, I think. Obviously, the, the respect, but the money helps out a little bit, too. And the, the recognition means a lot, though, as well. Yeah. And, and now, screwing up my calendar here, the first time that it was awarded was the previous national event, though, right? Because it was 100 Acre Wood. It was 100 Acre Wood. For, yes. for Micah, which... That was the, the first time that that was shown to anyone. I mean, that was... It was announced to them. I think they got it afterwards. I don't think they did it at the event because I think yeah. they're still getting the whole, like, 43 Institute thing kind of organized and going. Um, so I think they got that, uh, got the award to them later. But, um, but yeah, that was, of course, that, that crazy drive in the, in the VW <laughs> and earned, right? That, that thing yeah. <laughs> had no business going that fast. And yet they did. And that was freaking fantastic. Yeah. I, and so it's these kinds of things that they're supporting, and I love it so much. There is, there is something something great about looking at the uh, the 100-acre wood, the list from the, the top cars that ran the, the last national leg. And you see all of the years of the cars start with a two, and then there's just a 1986. And then it just goes on. You know, you got the, the 2000s again, I think, not until you hit 11. So, yeah, that was a... Uh, that was a pretty pretty epic drive from Micah. It's great to see that you don't have to to win overall. You show that mindset, that you show that yeah. that attitude and that spirit, and and that that can be commended. I I want to say that the Super Champio gets some credit for for doing a little <laughs> bit of that last year That's as well. That's fair. That's fair. We, we, we yeah. don't want to don't want to forget about the the amazing debut year of the Super Champio, which don't want to say that it hasn't been the the same level championship this year but it's uh it's great to see that you don't have to just be the fastest overall to win an award it's great to see some prize money rather than a, a plastic belt awarded <laughs> for, for that 
Although although Bryce's belt is pretty epic, I gotta say, I, 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 I respect Bryce that. is a talent. Um, you, and anything comes from that guy, you know, it, it, it's something that that you should cherish. Except <laughs> photos of him and Daisy Dukes. Yeah, we don't cherish I mean, yeah, those. He, he does definitely have some questionable attire. I <laughs> definitely say that. Uh, oh, I love you, Bryce. What is next on uh, your schedule of rallying stuff? What are you going to be doing next, man? Oh, um, well, I mean, I want to tell you how, how much I'm excited for and preparing for Rocky. No, not Rocky Mountain. I missed that one. For Pacific Forest Rally. Whoa. Yeah, I would say yeah. that already yeah, happened. Whoops. You're a little late. <laughs> no, looking forward to Pacific Forest Rally. I, I am, surprisingly, a little bit more focused on planning for my wedding at the start of September oh and my. then and then it's like you know end of that month is uh is Pacific Forest I keep on wanting to say Rocky Mountain I really sad that I missed that but that's that's next again really gotta gotta focus on the wedding surprisingly I can't can't miss out on that too much she let me buy a race car after all I so, was gonna you know, say yeah you know like well. I I have to put priority there if if I'm not as prepared, there's always next season. There's not next wedding. So <laughs> that, is, that is 100% true. And uh, congratulations on uh, getting married this year. Yeah, that's uh, I've been through that. It was a while ago now, though. Um, 20, we, we got married in September as well. So um, it'll be 22 years Ooh. this year. Or no, 21. Apologies. 21. It was 20 years last year. So And, yeah, and so. supporting the racing, too. You know, like that's what we all need. 100%. Uh, at least, so. at least to some extent, at least tolerating it. I know. Uh, yeah. I know. I was talking to Roberto that uh, that his wife tolerates his racing, and uh, you know he has to maybe maybe fake the numbers a little bit in terms of the cost, but uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, just the volunteering and the and the going out to events, stuff like that. The uh, just the event, the investment there without even having a car is a lot. <laughs> so just having to justify that, and you don't even get a little plastic trophy at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's it's sometimes even hard to to justify that. But when you have very understanding spouses, uh, girlfriends, uh, or uh, other haves of any sort, yes, having them uh, help support your habit. But hey, th- th- this this is what helps with my mental health. Having folks like you and the rest of the rally community, uh, you know, we all, we get together, we have a good time. It never feels like enough time. That, that's one of the most challenging things. You, we get into these events and there's just so much going on all at once. It's all this stress and pressure and yet it's kind of like this big party and it's fun. And then it's just all gone. It's just like, it just like blows in like a hurricane and just gone, right? And it's like, ah. Oh. You wish you could just have just that little extra bit more time to spend with people. And I guess in in kind of closing for this episode, uh, I want to send a a heartfelt love and appreciation for all of you out there, those of you that knew Aaron. I was fortunate to have gotten to meet Aaron Kelly and uh, talk to her several times um, at, you know, events in the East. And... My my drink tonight. Um, I was uh, yeah having a little gin and tonic, and I happen to have a mug from the 2018 New England Forest Rally, and uh, so I figured, just thinking about TJ and the uh, pulling away rally team, and and of course Aaron. 2018 was the year that they won the championship uh, for the Eastern Regional, and I remember uh, TJ, <laughs> him doing everything he could to get enough money to get to the last event of the season so he could win the championship. 
Um, he just scraped away every cent he could just to get there. All just to hopefully get the chance to say, I won a championship. And him and Aaron won that championship that year. And it was such a big thing and was so happy for them. And yeah, she's a champion. And uh, I think the last time I saw her was probably STPR a couple of years ago um, when she got to co-drive for Eric Potts. And I think I saw her there. So, yeah, wonderful lady and a oh, special person. Um, the, the, I mean, there's a lot of special people in our sport. But she was just someone that always, always reached out, found so much joy in all of it. And uh, it sucks. Um, I think, you know, for those of you that follow my, uh, you know, are friends with me on Facebook, the statement I put in is, I hate that the sport I love so much can also bring so much pain. And... I think that kind of pretty well sums it up. Absolutely. I mean, we're in the in the North American Rally page, we saw so many tributes. I didn't get to know Erin. I know she was a she was a Max Attack teen. She was she was part of our our page, part of the community, part of the broader rally community. But you know, everyone had something nice to say um, and a lot to say as well. I know I went through went through my even just my Facebook feed and seeing. Um, what everyone was writing yeah it would it, it touched me for sure and uh you know you know we lost al you know like i said lost mike nagel we lost ken block we've now unfortunately lost uh aaron in competition the last time we lost someone was uh matthew noble marker at olympus in 2011 i think it was that was back before i was uh as closely involved with it with the sport as i am now but that one was a big hit to the community also and um, again, another person with a big heart that uh, reached out to others to make sure that, you know, they, you know, that wanting to get more people involved in the sport, getting people excited and, and uh, just very caring people. And yeah, it's just, it's just really hard. Uh, I, I do remember just, <laughs> I do remember that Erin uh, would always make me laugh. Um, she, <laughs> there's a, my profile picture is a, a clip from one of my interviews with her and, and, she says something and then there's me like just my head rocked back um in laughter from what she's saying because um she said she she didn't know what to say when she was on the live thing that we were doing back then <laughs> it's like i could have been talking about my shoes or you know the color of my nails or something uh, didn't and stuff like that she just threw stuff out there it was just funny she was just a kick in the pants and um uh to all of you out there just want to say i love y'all and um We'll be back with more episodes. Jeff, thanks for coming on and talking. Um, we'll talk about maybe more current event stuff uh, next time if you want to come on. You know, there's always plenty of rally chat um, out there, and uh, maybe we'll bring on a guest and uh, talk about how uh, their rallying's going. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, this is super fun. Uh, like I said at the start, I've never been on a podcast before, so it was uh, fun to try it out. I know you you texted me and you said, "Hey." You want to want to jump on uh, jump on a podcast and in an hour or two, uh, I did I did say give me like four or five hours and then I think I even went beyond that because it's a busy life. But uh, no, it was it was it was really great. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, no, want to do more of this. It's, it's tons of fun. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Again, I'm your host Mike Shaw. This is Jeff Sandvoss, also known as the uh, Master of Memes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, that's a new title, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Master of Memes sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we'll chat with you next time. Take care. Yes. I believe.